Okay, so last week we tried to establish in the opinion of the Rambam that the payment of Nezek was a knas, was a punishment, a fine for the damages that you caused to someone else. It wasn't compensation, it wasn't this concept that we expressed in Rashi of giving back an aspect of the damaged limb. It was actually just uh, a fine. And the way that we go ahead and assess that value is that based off of what you did to someone else, so due to the severity of the act of destruction, the act of injury that you did to someone else, that'll determine the severity of the financial loss that you have to uh, accept due to that which you did. So we take an Evid Kanani, and what his value was before the damage, what his value would be after the damage, and that therefore determines what's uh, an appropriate fine for the damages that you caused to someone else. Now, that we established very, very clearly with multiple proofs, the nature of this payment is a fine. The problem is, we saw in this came moment, in Hilchos this came moment, the Rambam says that if a short time attacks an Evid and kills him, so there the din is, he has to pay Chetzinezek. is half the value of the Evid. It's only a half because he's a short time but he has to pay half the value of the Evid back to the owner. The nature of that payment is compensation. Right? It doesn't, it's not a, a set fixed price, but rather we take that exact Evid who was killed and you give him half the value. It's a compensation. So now we have a contradiction in the Rambam. On one hand, he's screaming, and all these different expressions where, on one hand, damages are categorized as a fine. And yet, this halacha in Hilchus Neskei is clear that a sure, you know, kills an Evid, you have to pay back for those damages a compensation. So here we have a blatant contradiction in the din of the Rambam. Does the Rambam necessitate payment of a fine, a punishment, a monetary punishment, or does he necessitate compensation for the monetary loss that was incurred? So now, in order to try to address this question, I'm going to go through a few different sources here that bring up, you know, a certain concept, a certain depth of understanding in the Rambam. And based off of those sources, I'm going to go ahead and try to reassess this issue that we're bringing up now. So the first piece here is a Birka Shmuel. The Birka Shmuel is in source one that we gave it, Bavakamas and Kavches Is Aleph. The Birka Shmuel brings down a question that the Brisker Rav asked Rav Chaim Brisker. The question was as follows. If a person damages an Evid, an Evid Kanani, right, not an Evid Ivri, a person damages an Evid Kanani, right, a Canaanite slave, is he, the payment that goes for this Canaanite slave, is that like Nizke Adam, or is that Nizke Behema? We know there's two different parameters of payment. Nizke Adam being that when a person damages a Jew, so then there's a certain, you know, the Chamisha Dvorim, etc., like we discussed at length. Or Nizke Mammon, Nizke Behema means you have monetary compensation. You hurt my cow, I pay you back for the cow. So now the question is you have a slave. What's the din of a slave? Is a slave tantamount to Nizke Adam? Is he a person? Or is it Nizke Behema? Is he a monetary compensation, right? That's really the basis of the question. How do we view that slave? Is he a person? We still view him as a person, even though he's my property. I own him. Or no, we view him as a monetary asset. And therefore, the compensation would also be like a monetary asset. Now, that being said, the Chamisha Dvorim are limited to a Jew. So an Evid Kanani is not a Jew. So there's no din of Chamisha Dvorim. The question is, what's the practical difference between whether we view him like a person, Nizke Adam, or he's in the parameters of Nizke Mammon. So the way that the Birka Shmuel expresses it, he has two different categories. He has something called Afchase Mikaspe, and he has something else called Afchase Migufe. Afchase Mikaspe means you made him have a loss of value. A loss of value. Now, a loss of value, I understand it to mean that his function was mitigated. He, he used to be able to do something, whatever it was, he was a doctor, and now he can't practice being a doctor because he broke his hand. 
right? It was a loss of a certain function. So his value went down. And there's something else called He lost part of his body. Now, if the loss of the part of the body here is something which affects his functioning, that would be categorized as Afchasemikaspe, like we mentioned. So now, I, my assumption is that Afchasemikufe means that there was a loss of his body. He got a cut, right? And now, when he goes ahead and get the cut heals, there's going to be a scar. So there, even though it's not Afchasemikaspe, he's still able to function 100% the same way, with the 100% the same functionality. Nonetheless, since you damaged his body, that still necessitates a payment. So now says the Briskarov in his question to his father, Chaim, this is the Nafkamina. The Nafkamina is if it's Niske Adam. So when it comes to Niske Adam, it's clear on the Rambam, we're going to see later, that even when it's not Afchasemi Kaspe, his function is the same, but it's Afchasemi Gufe, but he's going to have a scar, there you have to pay Tashlumay Nezek. But if if what? If it's if it's only Nizke Mamun, so the only time you pay Tashlumi Nezek, if it's Afka Semikaspe, but if it's not Afka Semikaspe, it's only Afka Semigufe, you wouldn't have to pay Tashlumi Nezek. That's the practical difference, and that's the question being posed here, what's the din of this Ebed Kanani? So Reb Chaim said something very cryptic. Reb Chaim answered to his son, the Mekiva De'ina Meshalem over Kulei, since he doesn't pay for all of him, he doesn't pay for part of him. Now, the rest of this Birka Shmuel is coming to express what were those cryptic words of Reb Chaim meaning to say. So the Birka Shmuel establishes here as far as follows. He says it like this, that we really, when it comes to a person, right, a human being, he's priceless. So therefore, if a person is priceless, so then even part of that person, right, part of something priceless is priceless. So if someone damages someone else, they lost a function of their hand, they lost a function of their eye, so that damage which is incurred is, in, is irreplaceable. It's a priceless wound. And therefore, if it's priceless, the fact that the Torah mandates that we pay money as a result of causing someone such a wound definitionally means that it's a knas, it's a punishment, it's a, it's a fine. Now, the Torah gives us a way also to go ahead and determine what's that fine. That's called, we determine your value on the slave market. But inherently, that payment isn't compensation. You can't compensate for something which is priceless. So it comes along, Reb Chaim, and says, you know, the din of the Rambam, that Nizgei Odom is a knas, how do we know? From the Svara. This Svara told us that what? The fact that a ben chlorin ain't leidomim is how the Rambam knew as a knas. Now, the Rambam brought a pasuk, lotichu koifer. We claim that pasuk was a revelation that the nature of the payment was knas. So why did the Rambam go with the pasuk of lotichu koifer as opposed to the gzir shava makemaka, like we saw in Pegim Lamed Beis? The answer, according to the Subchaim, is because he had a svaral. A person's priceless. A person's priceless. So then definitionally, the nature of the payment has to be knas. If that's true, says the Bikr Shmuel, that obviously a human being is priceless. Any human being. And therefore, even an, you know, a Canaanite slave is also priceless. A Canaanite slave is priceless. So how in the world could we obligate money for any damages that were done? LMI, it has to also be that it's a knas. And therefore, that nature, the nature of the payment of knas for an Ebed Kanani, inasmuch as the Svara of Ben Chorin Ein Dumim applies universally, it applies to a Jew the same way it applies to an Ebed Kanani, therefore the nature of the payment is also knas, like Nizke Adam. The whole nature of the payment of Nizke Behemal is a monetary compensation. You incurred a monetary loss, so we compensate you for it. Here, the Ebed Kanani is priceless. He's a human being. He's priceless. Therefore, it has to be that the nature of it is like Nizke Adam. And therefore, even when it's Afchase Mikaspe, right, there's a loss. And I'm sorry, it's no Afchase Mikaspe. There's no loss of function. It's only Afchase Mikufe. It's only a physical damage, a physical wound, which is fully going to heal and, not, and uh, 
not inhibitors functioning whatsoever, nonetheless, you're going to have to pay for those damages. That's Rebbe's answer, and that's going to be, you know, going to be our baseline at least for how we understand the nature of payments when it comes to the Rambam. That the reason, the logical reasoning behind why we know that it's a kanas is because the smart of of minchurin ein ledamim, a human being is priceless. So now that, that being said, we have a question that we have to ask here on the Birka Shmuel. And the question is as follows. The whole svara for why we're paying a kanas here is because ben damim ein lechurin. That means that the logic behind the kanas is the fact that the victim is priceless. Now, if that's true, that should mean that irrelevant of who attacks the victim, the nature of the payment should always be the same because the reason why the nature of the payment is a knas is because there's no compensation for human life. There's no such thing. Human life is priceless. So that would mean that irrelevant of a person attacked another person, or, let's say, an animal attacked another person, the system of determining what the value paid back should always be the same system. So if a person attacks an Evid Kanani, we would expect he pays a Kanas. In this case, Adam. And therefore, similarly, when an animal attacks an Evid Kanani, he should also pay a Kanas. Why? Because the basis of the knas is due to the nature of the victim. And the victim didn't change. So, number one is, we never saw this expressed in the Rambam. The Rambam very, very clearly defines for us what the nature of the payment is when it comes to an Odom attacking an Odom. There was very clear that there's a knas, there's a fine. Very good. When it comes to an a behemoth attacking an Evid, that we never find the Ramam discussing if there's a Knas or not. That's number one. If there is, if they were synonymous, we'd want the Ramam to tell us that. Number two is this Ramam in this Kemalman. The Ramam we just saw in this Kemalman very clearly says that you pay Chetzinezek. A short time pays Chetzinezek. He doesn't pay the Knas. Why is that? Seemingly, if the whole nature of the payment for an Evid Kanani is really because of the Svara of Ben Churin Ein Leidamim that he pays always pays a Kanas. So how could we say that when it comes to an animal attacking when it comes to an animal attacking uh, an Evid Kanani that there is a means of compensation? That seems like a very difficult question. So I was honest here. I was very honest. I brought you an Ursameach. The Rosh says explicitly that the din of Shor Shehemis Esa Adam is also a kanas. An animal who attacks a person is also a kanas. I assume the logic being because of this din of Ben Chonei So at least in regards to our first question on the stance of the Rambam, of I, the Rambam never said it. So even though the Rambam never said it, the Rosh Hashemeach, was willing to hear that, nonetheless, that could be the stance of the Rambam. You know, in regards to our second question, how would the Ursameach address this Rambam in Hilchas Nizkei Moment? I don't have an answer for at this point. That would seem like a very strong uh, ha'ara on him. Um, I'm sure he had an answer, but that would seem very difficult to me. That being said, so now, we have to go ahead and try to explain what's the nature of... You know, the the fact that for an Odom that was Mazik and Odom, it's very clear there's a Knas. And the reason for why it's a Knas that Rabbi Chaim gave us of Ben Chorin in Domim applies irrelevant of who the attacker is. It's dependent on the victim. And yet we see there's different Halachos depending on who the attacker was. Why should that be? The logic dictating Knas is actually... Very only relevant is is actually relevant to both of them. It's relevant to both of them. And this an Adam is attacking, a Behemoth is attacking. So why should the dinim be different? So now, based off of everything we said so far, we can actually answer this question. Betuv tam v'das, and it goes as follows: 
Now, when it comes to Adam Hamazik, so really, what should be the punishment? So the Rambam told us already, inasmuch as you chop this guy's hand off, really, should we should chop your hand off. Therefore, we make you pay money. Now, what's that mean? That means that in a certain sense, by Nizkei Adam, monetary payment is a replacement for a very, very serious punishment. That serious punishment really is that we should chop your hand off the same way you chopped your friend's hand off. Now, we don't do that. Why we don't do that? So the Rambam himself brings four different reasons. I think we went through, I think, seven different reasons in the Rishonim. But we don't do that. But that's really what we should be doing. So the monetary payment is in lieu of that corporal punishment. Fine. Does that apply when it comes to a behemoth? A behemoth who attacks a person, they really, that, that, the punishment should be you, Mr. Ox, attacked a person and he took, a, he took his hand. So now it's only fitting that we punish you for your bad decision and we'll take your paw? Absolutely not. I'm saying, what, what's the connection? For sure not. Therefore, I want to claim as follows, that even in the Rambam, even if the logic of that a person's priceless, that's the basis of how we know it's a knas. From here already, from this point, we can determine that there's the nature of the knas of Niske Odom inherently is going to be different than the nature of the knas of Niske Behima. You're right, they're both going to have to pay knas. Why? Because the svara of the victim, the a person's priceless. That svara. It applies across the board. And therefore, it's for sure going to be that when it comes to an Adam Hamazik and a Behemah Hamazik, all circumstances, the payment for the damages are going to be Knas. That's not something which is up for dispute. But what I'm proposing now is the nature of the Knas is going to be different. When it comes to Niske Odom, here, the payment of the Knas is in lieu of chopping your hand off. Whereas when it comes to Niske Behemah, there's no in lieu of. We never had a havamina that we should chop a paw off an animal because it gored someone. No way. Therefore, even though they're both knossos, they're both not compensation, the nature of the payment's going to be different. That's going to be our first step to understand this difference between niske adam, niske behema, and how the svar can both apply. Now I'm going to see a piece here from Rav Shmuel. Rav Shmuel Rozovsky was a Rishiv of Panovich. Um... Here it's on Baba Kama, Simon Dalid, this Gimel. It's uh, source number three in our sheets. In the second paragraph, he says as follows, Here we can see from the Rambam that there's different types of kofr, there's different types of payment. That the kofr, the shor shehimis adam havi kapara. When it comes to the payment of an ox that killed a person, that's kapara. That's an atonement. There, the payment when you ch- you take someone's limb, who knas? That's a fine. That's a punishment. In the same way we found when it came to the knas, the fine of thirty of that we pay for an evet that was killed, that the Rambam refers to as kofer ha'avadim. And that's a knas. That's a for sure a fine. So too, when it comes to nizke adam, that's a knas. It's a fine. It's a punishment. Again, to make that distinction, shor shahimis is not a punishment. It's an atonement. When it comes to adam hamazik, there it's a punishment. Says Shmuel as follows. When it comes to kofar avadim, yeah, that means... So now, what's gonna, what are we going to say here? The Hindu Lamed Shel Evid, the Shlishim that you have to pay for taking an Evid's life, Matzinu de Tam Pater Mechetzi Kaifer, right? We found that when it comes to a short time, he's Pater from Chetzi Kaifer, and he's Meshalim Domim, Rambam. But nonetheless, he still pays monetary compensation. So this is a Pella, this is our question, this is our Rambam that we're so upset with. Then on one hand, the Shor is exempt from the Knas. But he's obligated to pay the monetary compensation. When we call Malcolm, but nonetheless, 
When it comes to a shor a shor that is a history of attacking other people, so there the din is, since the Torah created this novel concept of having a fine also on this animal, that knas, the fact that the Torah went out of its way and said, you know what, you have to pay a knas, that absolves him of any other kind of monetary payment. Because even if the Evid was worth a hundred money, a hundred money is a thousand, right? It would be a thousand zuz. He only pays 30 zuz. And he's not able to claim all of his value, you know, based off compensation. Why? The reason being that since the Torah said, pay a knas here, that becomes what's obligated under these circumstances. And therefore, that gets rid of all other monetary obligations. So similarly here, when it comes to the payment for the loss of limbs, meaning to say when it comes for damages that humans incur to others, since the Torah introduced a novel concept, pay money instead of being damaged, instead of in lieu of giving your limb which you took. So there, if there are your days, you're absolved from any other kind of monetary payments also. And that being said, his whole obligation is only knas, and there's no monetary obligation to pay any compensation whatsoever. And that's what the Rambam meant to say, that Nezek is a knas, and therefore you don't pay all piatzmo. You don't pay, because the motive knas potter. I, if you're motive knas, you should have to pay the money of the damages that you incurred, nonetheless. You don't pay the knas, but pay for the monetary compensation. The answer is no. Since the Torah said here, really logic dictates you have to pay monetary compensation. But the Torah went out of its way and said, no, you know what you have to do here? Pay knas. The fact the Torah told you what to do absolves you from that monetary compensation, which we would have assumed. You only have to pay the knas. And now there's a precedent. You don't have to pay. And therefore we find according to this, under all circumstances, the Torah really, when you break something, you damage someone else, you cause someone else a monetary loss, obviously you have to pay for that. Obviously, how could you not? But when the Torah goes out of its way and dictates, you know what, but under, here, under these circumstances, we want you to do this instead. So normatively, you cause someone a loss, you have to compensate. But the Torah says, you know what, do this instead. Pay this class. That tells us, the Torah is saying, don't rely on the normative principles we would have assumed. Rather, this is the track of restitution that you're going down. And it's limited to the track that the Torah therefore dictates. So even though normatively you would have a key of Maman, you have to compensate him. Here the Torah says a knas that absolves you. Fine. says Shmuel, based off what this principle, when an, an animal attacks a person, it inherently is different than a person who attacks a person. Why? Because the Pasuk that we brought before, when the Torah said the din of Kofar, the Pasuk of the Rambam, and that you can only take Kofar for Rishi Evarim, and after the Nefesh Reseach, that's only true when it comes to an Odom Hamazik. But when it comes to an animal, where there the Torah didn't come out of its way and say, the din of Rishi Evarim, so there, there, the din reverts back, that inasmuch as there's no explicit pasuk telling paying the kanas, we go back to our normative assumption. You caused a monetary loss, compensate. There, because really, there is a way, at least when it comes to the nezek of an evid kanani, 
that we can constitute, that we can go ahead and address the compensation, at least to the owner. But when it comes to person, there there's a din knas. Unbelievable. So now, comes along Rabbi Shmuel, he agrees with us into our assumption that the din of the Rambam across the board is knas, for sure. That you're paying what the person's price this. Yet, the nature of the knas is different. That when it comes to nizkei adam, inasmuch as the basis of that is not just from is not just from the fact that a person's priceless, but since a person's priceless, that reveals to us the source of the knas, that source being for the Rishayvarim, the din of Rishayvarim, the punishment, the punishment, that's limited to Adam Hamazik. That being said, even though the Adam Hamazik caused a financial loss, and normatively speaking, whenever there's a financial loss, the Torah assumes you have to pay for that compensation. It doesn't have to dictate that. When the Torah dictates, yes, what you have to do, so now that says, don't, that teaches us, don't make your previous assumptions. Whatever you would have assumed otherwise, don't rely on that. Why not? Because I, the Torah, am telling you how to deal with the situation. And the way I, the Torah, told you to deal with this is by paying the knas. So when there's a knas expressed, that absolves you from paying the niskei mamon. So when it comes to Adam Amazik, there there's the din of Lotik Kofer, the Nefesh Atzeach. There, you're never going to have to pay any kind of monetary compensation for the damages that you caused. Because the knas will go ahead and get rid of that obligation, that monetary obligation. Whereas, when it comes to Nizki Behemal, there there was no din of Lotik Kofer. I, there's no din of Lotik Kofer by Nizki Behemal. Therefore, when the knas is not able to be paid, in our case, right, of an iskei mamon, the reason he can't be paid is because a sure tam doesn't have to pay the knas of an evid. Therefore, we revert back to what our assumption is, that you, your money did damages, your behema caused someone else a monetary loss, so compensate for that loss. Whereas if it was a sure mood, and he would have to pay the shlishim shel evid, and as much as the Torah said here, pay knas, the fact that the Torah said, don't follow the normative understanding, don't assume that you're paying the, the monetary losses that were incurred, rather pay this fine, that would absolve you of paying it, and you, all you would pay is the shlishim when it comes to a shomod. So this principle the, that we're trying to express based off our understanding is actually being even more flushed out through this piece in Rav Shmuel. Very, very gishmak. So right now we have a, a Mahalach in the Rambam explaining the nature of Odom Hamazik, the nature of, of Behemah Hamazik. Why is it why the Niske Odom is essentially always a Knas? We have a lot worked out. Now there's one serious, serious issue that is almost impossible. That when it comes to the Birka Shmuel, the Birka Shmuel wants to say there's two different types of Nezik. And these two different types of Nezik are the practical difference in determining the value of Nizke Odom and Nizke Behema. And the difference is, what happens when there's no Afchase Mikaspe, there's no price difference, there's no loss of function, and yet there's an Afchase Migufe, there's a physical difference. The guy gets a cut and he's scarred and there's no functional difference whatsoever. Is there a Chiv of Tashlume Nezek on such an injury? So if it's Nizke Odom, the answer is yes, there's an Avchasemi Kasp, there's an Avchasemi Gufa, you have to pay. If it's Nizke Behema, then no, only Avchasemi Kaspe, only when there's a, a loss of value. But if there's no loss of value, Mikaspe, so then there's going to be no payment. Now, this is, this, this is like impossible. Why? Because now let's think about this, play this out. A guy gets damaged, right? He gets a cut. Now, What's the value? How, do we, how would we determine you know, what the Tashlumi Nezik would be? We determine what the Tashlumi Nezik would be is what's the value of an Evid with a cut, right? When he's healed from this cut, and the value of the Evid before he had the cut. The same way we assess what's the value of the Evid when he had a hand. Now, what's the value of the Evid after he got his hand chopped off, but he's healed, right? We're not taking into account the Batala, we're not taking into account the medical bills. All these things have different payments. What are we just taking into? 
his function as an Evid after he's healed. So now let's play this out. The guy gets a cut on his face and now he needs a few stitches on his cheek. So comes along the Birkashmol and says, You have to pay. What exactly are you paying? The Evid is worth less because what? The Evid's worth less because he has a cut on his cheek. So if the Evid's worth less because he has a cut on his cheek, then that should be Afchasemi Kaspe. Elamai, his function is the same, and therefore his price isn't going to fluctuate. But if his price isn't fluctuating as an Evid, then what are you paying? The whole barometer of how we determine the value of getting a cut on your cheek is based off the Mechiris Evid Evid Kanaini. So this problem is like, uh, makes the Rambam almost impossible. So my initial, my initial res- response to such a question would be, okay, so maybe the Birka is wrong. I'm saying it's impossible. I'm going to go through now a few different Rambams, and going through the different Rambams and bringing out Pshat here, I want to, you know, try to affirm that this very well is the stance of the Rambam, indisputable. It has to be, there's two different types of damages. There's an Afchasemi Kaspe and Afchasemi Gufe. And then I want to try to answer up how would we go ahead and determine the value of it. So in order to do so, let's see source number four. If you don't have the source sheet, it's the Rambam in Hilchas Chiv, the Mazik, Perak Aleph Halacha says the Rambam, Nezek Ketzad. How do we determine the value of Nezek? Shim Kite Yod If he cuts his, hand's friend, his friend's hand off, or Ragla, or his leg, we view him like he's a slave sold in the market. How much was he worth? And how much is he worth now? And you pay the price difference. Like it says in the Holy Torah, an eye for an eye. And we learned from an oral tradition that actually says ayin tachas. The fact that says tachas tells us we have to give money in lieu of the eye itself. But what do we see here? How do we assess the value of nezek? The price differential of an evid kanani, explicit in Rambam. So if anyone's ever going to tell you how do you determine the value of nezek and they tell you something different, you say the Rambam says not like you, explicit. Says the Rambam in Hilchas Chayvul Lamazik Perik Beis Halacha Aleph Halacha Beis Halacha Aleph Achayvul B'Chaverim Someone hurts his friend, Chavul Shorayi L'Shalim Chamisha Dvolim, a type of damage that it's fitting to pay. All five of the things, the five different payments, Mashalam Chamisha, he pays all five. He damaged him in a way there's only four viable payments. He pays four. Three for three. Meaning to what? You pay for whatever you did. What's the case? You cut off someone's hand, leg, finger. Or you blind his eye. You pay all five payments. What do you pay? All five. You call Yodai. Now, let's say you hit him in the hand. And he broke his hand. But at the end of the day, he's going to heal. He's going to be totally fine. You punch him in the eye. It blows up. Right? You can't see. Swelled up so much. But it's going to heal at the end of the day. He's going to see. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Says Rambam, Meshalim Alba, you pay four. Tsar Ripu Yishevis Ambeshis. You only pay Tsar Ripu Yishevis Ambeshis. So, what's the difference between the first example in Halacha Beis and the second example in Halacha Beis? The first example, these are things which are permanent damage. The guy never has a hand. He'll never have a leg. He'll never have a finger. He'll never have an eye. So there you pay Nezek. But in anything which is Sofolachzor or Sofolichios, it's going to revert back to its previous state. So then, under those circumstances, there's no Tashlame Nezek. So again, clear in Rambam that the only time you pay Tashlame Nezek is when there's irreparable damage. And that irreparable damage is assessed vis-a-vis how much would be the price differential be with an Evid Kanani before the damage was incurred and after? Yeah. Three Rambams. Rambam number four. Even if you take uh, 
barley-sized grain, a grain of barley size of the skin, flesh of his skin, you have to pay all five payments. Why? The skin doesn't come back. Except he has a scar. This is very interesting. The Rambam views a scar not as a, a malformation of the skin, but rather something different. We took your skin and now you have a scar. That's called a permanent wound. And therefore, someone who hurts his friend, the he ripped his flesh, the dam, and removed blood from his body. He has to pay five things. So now this is a pella. According to here, according to here, we have an explicit Rambam that says, you get stitches. Your function is going to be totally the same. It's sofolichios. You're going to work just as well. Says the Rambam. The what? You pay nezek. Aye. You still have your hand. Ah, you still have your eye. The answer is, but you're missing part of your skin. Aye, but my function didn't change. So what am I paying? Again, what am I paying? This issue. So this issue is not just a bar, it's not just a baruch bear anymore. It's not a bear kashmur. It's in the Rambam. The Rambam has us paying a value which is assessed based off the price differential of an evid in the shuk. And there's no price difference. And if there's a price difference, it's called afchasemi kaspe. It's not called afchasemi gufe. So if if I was crazy, so fine. Says the Mishnah. Came in the eighth day, the ikanezik, below a pchisas kesef. Says the the Magid the Lecha Mishnah. Since the Rambams of the opinion that there's something called Nezek without a decrease in value. Kamesha Kasev, Perik Beis, the King Kasev the Chaman. Unbelievable. So the Perik Beis, what I just showed you. Kriv the Mazek, Perik Beis, Halachavav. We'll see soon the Chaman is. But it's explicit in the Lecha Mishnah. If you didn't believe me, you didn't believe the Baruch Be'er. So Lecha Mishnah, on the daf, on the page with the Rambam. There's something called Nezek without Pachisas Kasev. What are you paying? Mystery. Pashtun mystery. Says the Magid Mishnah. Afilu chosr kesa'ura inu chizay letalekes. Perish tzalekes. Right here, the Magid Mishnah also had sometimes difficulty with words. You don't have to feel bad if you look in a dictionary. The, the Magid Mishnah was our dictionary here. Perish tzalekes hu shechis yamaka. It's when the wound healed. Ela shalolam harishim nikar. But the after effect is always recognizable. Sheinu chizay kamesha hayo. Because the skin doesn't revert back to how it was. Dictionary. And that sugya of chayvul bebita, we're going to see this sugya soon. That we need help with. Why? It implies there that we don't pay nezek under all circumstances. Except places which are visible, like the face. So there. We're going to see soon in the Rambam. The case is as follows. There's a girl. The girl's a katana. And her father, Be'etzim, could marry her off. Or he could sell her as an Ame Ivriya. And we know there's something called the Yehud, that if a person wants, if a person buys himself an Ame Ivriya, he has the option to take the money that was used to purchase her. And that money can go ahead and become... The Kesef Kedushin, for either himself or his son. And that relation, that, that, that Kenyan is called Yehud. So here, we're talking if someone hurts someone else's Bita Ketana, the Magin Mishnah is under the impression that the only time that you pay Tashlume Nezek is when that Nezek is something which is recognizable. It's on her face. You give the girl a scar on her face, that's going to hurt her Shidduch chances, that's when you pay. But any time it's Afchas and Megufe, what you're gonna you're gonna give it? You gave her a little knock on the leg. No one's ever gonna see it. So what are you what are you, what are you paying for? That's the Magid Mishnah's kasha. So let's see the Rambam. The Rambam himself says in Perik Dalit Halachi Yadalit. I assume that's the Kamon of the Lecha Mishnah, right? So he says like this: Someone who hurts Shem Yirachim, someone else's little daughter. If the nezek is something which detracts her value, that nezek goes to the father. 
so too the unemployment goes to the father. Why? There's something called Maisiyadai. Maisiyadai means inasmuch as the father is providing all of her physical needs. So if the girl has any income, the father has rights to it. Similarly, the Kesef Mechira, the Mechira, her becoming an Ame Ivriya, is in the father exercising her right that he has over her Maisiyadayim. And therefore, the money also goes to him. How about Sarah Bleshis of Ripui? But when it comes to her pain, her embarrassment, her medical bills, her Yehushala, they belong to her. And any kind of nezek which doesn't detract from her monetary value also belongs to her. And similarly, a person who hits his kid, again, explicit in the Rambam, here, two different types of nezek. A nezek which is it detracts her value, that goes to the father. It doesn't detract from her value. So what was the nezik? I assume achasimigufei, right? It took away from her as a physical injury. But functionally, she's still the same. There, she gets to keep it. Pelopleim. So mefurish and rambam. Mefurish. It's not disputable. We now have, you know, two sources in rambam that are explicit. Alecha mishnah, magin mishnah. Magin mishnah is only upset because it's only in her face, not in her leg. But you know, there's a price difference. The, the material of an evid on the show could be the same. Pelopoi. So now I brought for you here a piece from Evan Ozel, Revis Azalman. This piece is an Avteich to answering this question. He wants to go ahead and say as follows. That what's this distinction we're making here when it comes to that if it's Avcha Semikaspa, so it goes to the father. If it's not Avcha Semikaspa, it goes to the girl. What's that mean? So the way he says it is that Be'etzem, this girl, this girl right now, he could sell as an Amit Ivriya. Now when you sell someone as an Amit Ivriya, it's in as much as a Parsha called Yayud. There's the option for the owner, obviously we need her consent, but there's an option for her to marry and that is the beginning of a, potentially the beginning of nuptial agreements. So there, not only do we take into account the girl's, you know, functional capabilities, how much, you know, she can cook and clean, etc. But we also take into account her appearance. Eventually, this could be his wife, or his kid's wife. And therefore, says, says, this is Alman, that if there's something on the Pondim that is going to detract from her beauty, therefore, the father is going to get less money for this girl. Why? Because inasmuch as the underlying knowledge that this might result in a marriage is always there, since that's true, anything which would be a deterrent for that marriage is going to be a reason why someone might actually be less inclined to take this girl as an Amevriya. So a scar on the face, that's called Afcha Samikaspa. Because now to sell her as an Amevriya, he's going to collect, actually, less money for the Mechira. But if it's not on her face, it's somewhere hidden there, that's not going to affect her status as an Ame Ivriya, because inasmuch as this is in a place which is not visible, so then who cares if his wife has a scar on her leg? Anyway, he's not going to see it. That being said, that's the Pshat Rambam. When it comes to something which might be a deterrent to her use to the father, Right, the sale of the father. So then that's called Afghasamikaspa, fathers. And when it comes to something which is go, not going to do so, so comes along Rivisa Zalman and says, You know what? That belongs to the girl. That's the Pshantla Rambam. Now, I want to go ahead and I want to break this down. I want to break this down a lot. And through breaking this down, we're going to answer up everything. It goes as follows. What's a, so what is that? What's that mean? Right? What's it mean that Be'etzem, he would have sold his name Ivriya, and now she has a scar on her face, so he gets less money. So now what's he paying? What's the Tashlumi Nezik here? My assumption is the Tashlumi Nezik is that we would assess how much would this girl have gotten on the market before she had the scar, and then we assess 
How much does she get on the market after she has a scar? Okay. Now that, what I just said now, is a tremendous chiddush. Why? Because how does the Rambam say you assess nezek? You assess nezek by a shivcha kanainis. You take a shivcha kanainis without a scar, and a shivcha kanainis with a scar, and you say, what's the price difference? So there is none? So fine, there is none. There's a, there is one? Fine, there is one. That's the price difference. Why are we taking what the father could have gotten for his Amma Ivriya? Amma Ivriya is not the equation here. So I think what's coming out, massive, massive Chiddush, that there's two different parallel tracks of assessing damage. One is, if there's an objective value that was lost, there was a girl who could have been sold as an Amma Ivriya. That was Sholim. She didn't have a scar. So then, discern the, discern the value. Whatever the value was. You had a car that drove, you don't have a, the car doesn't drive anymore. So how much did you make a lose? Determine the value. So here, when it comes to the person, if the person was serving a certain function, and because of your Maisa Chavallah, you damaged that function, she had a function here of becoming a wife, and you damaged that ability to become a wife because she's scarred. So now... Pay that difference. It's definable, it's discernible, it's accessible. So figure out what it is. Uh, you figured it out, so pay it. Who? Here in this case, the father. Very good. I, so what's the din then? What's the din then of Evid Kanani? So I want to propose as follows. The din of Evid Kanani is a means to assess Nizke Odum for a damage which is not accessible. How do you, how do you assess the, the value of a human being? You can't. He's priceless. The value of a hand. Priceless. So you can't say, I, there's a shuk in the, for an Amma Ivriya, and the shuk for Amma Ivriya, how much would she go with a scar? Without, it doesn't exist. He doesn't have a hand anymore. The human being is priceless. There's no markets. Now what can we do? So here, when there's no, there's no barometer of establishing a value for the damages that were incurred. So now we, there's a Chiddush. The Mishnah gave me a barometer. Every Kanaini, pre and post damage. Pray the differential. That's a default. That's a default. It's not Pshat. That's the only way to determine damage. That's the default of how we go ahead and assess it. Oh, now, that's Chiddush number one. Chiddush number two. I'm going to claim as follows. Let's say a person has a car. Now that car, beautiful car, blue, unbelievable, a Mercedes, a blue Mercedes, perfect, beautiful. They make them? I don't know if they have blue Mercedes. They have blue BMWs, it's usually a black Mercedes, whatever. Either way, a black Mercedes or a blue BMW, yeah? And now what happens? It gets a scratch on the door. They brought him as food shopping. That was his mistake, he went food shopping. Boom, shopping cart into the side. Not a dent even, not a dent, a scratch. A scratch on the door. The door works perfectly. Power windows, sensor, the handles pop out when you come close at the key. The whole thing works unbelievable. The problem is there's a scratch on the door. Did the value of the car go down? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a scratched beamer? <laughs> What's a scratched beamer? So I want to tell you now, I want to claim, we see from here, there's something called afchasemi gufei. There's a damage where the function didn't change. That's called afchasemi gufei. I want to claim that an Evid Kanani on the market with a damage, they get a scar, they're cut on their leg, and now it heals. And there's a scar. There's a decrease in value on the market. That's an Afcha Semi That you have to pay for. So what's Afcha Semi If I'm telling you that the fact that aesthetically there's a, there's a, there's a, a decrease in value due to aesthetics, and that's called Afcha Semi and yet it's still something which is able to be assessed based off the depreciation of value of an Evid Kanaini, of incurring such a wound, getting such a wound, that's Afcha Semi So what's Afcha Semi Avchasemikaspe is when the function, the function of that person was messed over. It was destroyed. It was ruined. It was, it was, it was hurt. It was mitigated. And the function, it was Avchasemikaspe. 
It was served a certain purpose, and now that purpose was challenged. The girl, who he sold as an Ame Ivriya, had a certain function. She was a potential bride, and now that was challenged. You have to pay that. We determined that. You pay that. Afchasemi Kaspe. There was, there was an Evid, and he used to lay bricks, and now you cut his arm off? So you're not just paying now for the fact that you lost an arm, but you lost my bricklayer. He was a doctor. My Evid was a doctor. You cut a doctor's arm off. You can't do surgery again. So part of that Chovel isn't just... It's been taken into account. What, did you, what function did you strip him of also? You, fun- you stripped him of a, fu- a surgeon's arm. That's Afghasemi Kaspe. You took a function away from him. You took a function away from him. You're paying for that also. That's also included within Tashlume Nezek. So that's the Chilakir. Avada and Avada. When it comes to Afghasemi Kaspe and Afghasemi Gufe, there's a, 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 a decrease in value. For sure. Just Afghasemi Gufe is when there was a decrease in value purely due to aesthetics, because functionally nothing changed. There, you have to pay. How? Evid Kanani in the Shuk. Aye, there's no price difference because the function is the same. It's not true. In as much as the aesthetics changed, the price also changed. Aye, so what's Afghasemi Kaspe? Afghasemi Kaspe is when the function changed. Aye, the function changed? So then, not only are you paying for the change in the body, but you're also paying for the change in the function. That's also included within the Tashlume Nezek. Very good. Aye. Once that's true, the Rambam says that the barometer is always going to be Evid Kanani. So how do we see there's other ways to assess the value of Nezek? The answer is, like we said, that the only time we go to Evid Kanani, because that's our default assessment, we don't have a means to assess the damage that happened, so then we go back to Ebed Kanani. But if we have a basis of determining the value of the Nezek that you did Avanta and Avanta, we're going to go ahead and tell you to pay that payment. So if we have a girl who's an Amin Ivriya and she's being sold on the market as an Amin Ivriya, so we can very easily determine what the Tashlumi Nezek is there. You don't have to go and jump to Ebed Kanani. Right now, what would she get for this? And what do you get for with her the scar? Kishmak. So now the Magad Mishnah's kasha, what the Magad Mishnah asks? Ah, she only gets money if it's a scar on her face. The answer is, you're right and you're wrong. You would only get money for Tashlume Nezek for an Afchese Mikaspe when the scar was on her face. Why? Because only when the scar is on her face is her challenge, her function being mitigated. Because now it's harder to marry her off. But Avada, Avada, that even when it's not an Afghasemi Kaspe, there's this whole separate parallel track of paying for Tashlumi Nezek. And that's called Afghasemi Gufe. And that you pay even if there's no functional difference. So even if it's not on your face, you would still pay. Let's chat in the Rambam, Besiata Deshmaya. And next week, I'm planning to start the Gemara. So looking forward, guys.